Keeping up with the Joneses. Welcome to episode 236 of Keeping Up with the Joneses. Time for our weekly catch-up. Yes. What do you want to catch up about? <laughs> well, our week, ostensibly, but I know what you want to catch us up on. Do you want to start with that? The great bath debate? Well, I was going to phrase it as the great smearing of my name and healthy practice, you but go on. You can't smear another person's name with truth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you're just joining us on the great bath debate, AJ has such a strange uh, reaction to the way I have a bath. <laughs> okay, I'm I like am... you. I run a hot bath. I have a bath, and I eventually get out of the bath. No, 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 no. Okay, folks, if you missed it somehow on the podcast that we talked about it, that's not accurate to what you do. You have a bath. That's true. And watch your videos in the bath, and then you pull the plug, stay in the bath while it's draining. Then continue to sit there in a cold, damp, wet environment until you air dry, and then you get out of the bath. Like a boss. We, <laughs> do you want to talk about the results, or should I talk about some of the feedback that we got? Well, I are you going to make up feedback? I think not, you I've look got, like you are up to something over there, Mr. I've Jones. got legit feedback sent okay. in from our members. Oh, well, So these are committed people oh. who are invested in okay. the, the podcast. Well, let's talk about the overall results of, I did a survey. Well, let's not go there just yet. Because Let me give it you doesn't the feedback. look good for you. Okay, go ahead. Give me the feedback. Okay, so, you know, just to be a representative of, of both sides of the argument, uh-huh. Shannon wrote, and Clearly, she was deluded at the time, but she said, Alan, you're insane. Air drying has to be the least efficient way to get dry, and you end up freezing in the process. Don't you sit in the tub long enough for the water to get lukewarm anyway? Your body would have already adjusted to now colder water and would want a towel ASAP. Thank you! Your method, Thank you, Shannon. Your method sounds more like a weird version of self-flagellation. Jesus sets you free, dude. Well... <laughs> Shannon, Shannon, you're on to something. Shannon, like you, is mistaken about a number of steps in the process. Because, of course, I don't sit in a tub until it gets lukewarm. Haven't you read the book of Revelation? I wish you were either hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of the mouth. Lukewarm <laughs> is the worst situation to be in. So I never let the water get lukewarm. Oh, I stay in the water till it's really, really hot, and then I let it out, and it slowly drains. I had to so, say, I don't think that that's accurate. Your process is wrong. Okay, a much more representative comment, which I think is very well balanced, comes from Mr. Will, who said, I also enjoy letting the water drain before I get out when I have a bath. My question is, who doesn't like that, AJ? It's the only way to get the full experience out of bath time, you bath time peasant. Oh my goodness. Okay, first so, of all, well, Will, well, I will take a you well down. A well-balanced but- <laughs> response. And the nation divided. No, no, no. But this actually reinforces my current theory. Which is? Because when we shared this on the podcast, of course, Chris, who edits the podcast for us, said he also does that. And now Will, who is his brother, also says that he does that. And here is my theory. Maybe it's a British thing? It is a British man thing. And it's because y'all are used to being cold and wet for no good reason. (laughs) Because you don't heat your houses properly either. And so you think, oh, this is just, I mean, this is an appropriate way to live. And you don't realize that the civilized world has advanced beyond. Do you want to talk about the Instagram results, which I feel like I was robbed in? Well, you weren't robbed. You were, I was vindicated. Uh I was, yes. So I did a poll on Instagram. Hasn't even been 24 hours yet. 211 people have responded already. And which is my first qualm 
is right. 211 people is not a large sample size. Well, Statistically invalid. Oh, really? Yeah, we should get Except George. Except that if it was going in your direction, it would <laughs> no, be like... No, no, no. We don't know that, darling. <laughs> yes, we, we do. We don't know that. Oh, we know this. But for t- sure. First of all, your sample size is tiny. So statistically <laughs> okay, invalid. Okay, okay. Second you, of all, yeah. your questions were so loaded that uh, I don't think we, you know, we got an accurate representation of the truth. But nevertheless, you're right. 82% of people said I was odd. Yes, 82%, darling. And then the remainder, however many remainder. The remainder, I'm pretty sure, are, are British. And righteous. And, and wise. Men. So. There endeth the great bath debate of 2021. And I won. Okay. What else happened this week? What else happened this week? I still have that song in my head that I can't get out of my head. Tell us the song. Um, I think it's by Katy Perry, and I don't it know. It's not it's, by Katy Perry. Oh, is it not? It's about fish. <laughs> it's also not about fish. <laughs> you don't sing... be afraid to catch fish. Okay. And so then I will send a sample that Chris can edit in. <laughs> okay. Chris, play that clip. And you'll see that she doesn't talk about fishing at all. It's a, It sounds like she's talking about fish mm-hmm. and not being afraid to catch fish. Maybe she baths the wrong and way, And then too. she says, fish with me. Fish with you, okay. Yeah. A couple of years ago, for our members, we released a, a, a genius moment of AJ sound-checking, hip-hopping, hip-hop-rapping, which was about as spectacular as it sounds. <laughs> it was it an does. unknown gift. But uh, our dear friend Kate, who lives with us, uh, said, hey, you know, maybe you should offer a bonus extra of AJ singing contemporary versions of songs that she thinks. And I don't know if it's, that's a good idea or a bad idea. But I don't know. I, I admit that I have some songs like Ice Ice Baby where perhaps I don't actually know the words. And so I have my own There's version. no perhaps about it. Babe. <laughs> I've shown you the lyrics that Vanilla Ice. I'm telling you, the, the lyrics that I sing, we're in there at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe only in Canada. You're adorable. I know the Canadian version. <laughs> All right. What else happened this week? Put me in my misery. Um, I, I'm i trying to think. It's, what, oh, graduation. You had graduation. Good yeah, heavens. I was trying to feed you that line. But. I know. I am I think I'm still. My heart is in recovery. I can't believe the year. The year both went slow and really fast. And it went slow because? Of just how much content we were trying to film yeah. and the the extra effort in that Mm -hmm. um you know it felt pretty exhausting just week after week after week of filming and and running different schedules like you know you're filming one thing one week you're you're commenting on comments on the school from something something previous and then you're having a live call from something different so it was like you're you're always living in three different weeks worth of content mm-hmm. for eight months. Well, felt, across three it, different years. Yes. Felt intense. But a big congratulations to all of our students who graduated. Like, well done on pivoting with us. Yes. Amazing that they signed up for one thing. And then at the last minute, we uh, changed the school to an online school only, which had uh, you know pros and cons. The pros were we got to have students from all over the world, which we've had before. But they didn't have to leave their country. They could, yeah. they could work on it. One yeah. of the funny feedbacks was the student saying, I was really grateful for having a pause button this year where I could pause, take notes, continue. Or if you said something that I didn't understand, I could rewind it. And I was like, yes, and, a live DVR. And specifically people mentioned you 
like a pause button to use when Alan was speaking because Alan gets excited and then he speaks like super fast. You probably haven't noticed that. And then, um, and then we would always have on like in the live school, people would say, "What did you say? Wait, what did you say? Or could you repeat that?" Yeah. And half the time, not half the time, but quite often, I'll be like, "Oh, actually, I don't know what I just said," and, and you know, so. Um, yeah, they loved the feature of being able to pause yeah. Alan or even slow him down on the actual listening. Yeah, one student said, I yeah. listened to every teacher at like 1.75 or two times. And with you, I dropped it to 0.75. So I don't know if that was good or bad, whether that was my accent or whether that was my speed. I don't think you have an accent anymore, darling. It's a great like, debate. It's not really. You, you, it's gone. False I, advertising. I, I think you did an amazing job. You pivoted brilliantly, darling. Like thank you. You and your team did a phenomenal job in making that happen. Yeah. So thank you to everybody who's doing that. This year, you're running the school again online? Yes, and both. Yes, both online and in person. So we will have an on-campus, which is traditionally how we've run the school yep. for the, the previous nine years. Uh, but then we'll also be running it online. So we'll have And both. that's for all three years? All three years. Yeah, so if you've done well, the school... Well, that is not accurate. You oh, cannot wait, do year three online. Okay. Year three is only offered on campus. So if you've done year one and you want to come back for year two, you can do it online or in person? Yes, and uh, year one, if you're listening to this and you would love to get more of God, you would love to get transformation for your life, l- go and look at um, gracenow.us slash school to learn all about the School of Supernatural Life. Yeah, you won't regret it. It's great. Anything else this week? I mean, graduation, you were wrong about the bath thing. That's a, that's a big recap. Um, you may have put in a mistruth in there, sir, where I was not wrong about the bath thing. Um, we'll never I'm also, know. you're going to single dad it for a couple, uh, for five days. Is it five days? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm going to the beach. You are going to the beach. Yes. Have fun, darling. Yes. I'll send you videos don't of bother. the beach. Yeah. I, d- I don't want to know them. <laughs> I don't want to know about it. All right. So we're going to be talking about boundaries this week. And this topic actually comes from that crowdsourcing list that you did. That's a very generous way of putting it. Yeah. It was my lazy market research. Yes. And I realized it was genius because not only did I get a wealth of topics, I I put out on Instagram, you know, if I was to write a book, what would you want to read a book about? And people gave me a bunch of topics. And I was like, well, I'm not going to write a book right now, but this this has given us the next couple of, you know, months of podcast topics. Right. But here's what else I can do is I can gauge. Not only market research, what are people interested in, but market response, because we can see how many people downloaded the podcast by topic. Oh, that's clever. I know. So I I'm like, okay, that. yeah, All this right. is great. The double win. Dual, dual win. Yeah. So we are talking about boundaries, but what's funny, that was on the list, but also simultaneously for the last couple of months, I've been hard at work with Mr. Chris uh, in our studio recording. I, I don't want to, I don't want to make it too big, but literally it's the ultimate boundaries course that i can create like like I've, that was so funny i don't want to make it too big but literally it's the ultimate boundaries course i don't know the how ultimate. i don't know how to make a more thorough video course about boundaries like you know i've brought i've brought my a game i brought everything i know about boundaries including stuff that i teach in disparate you know disparate years like the stuff i have never taught as part of my boundaries teaching that i include on this boundaries course so behind the scenes last couple of months I've been working really hard on producing material. It's now finished. We're going to talk about the the boundaries course uh, later. But because I've been working on all the boundary stuff, it's fresh in my head. So when I was looking at the list, what do you want to talk about this week? I was like, let's talk about boundaries. I I love that your accent just came out for a split second there when you said thorough. 
thorough. Instead of thorough. Oh. Yeah. Very good. Th- thorough. Boundaries. I th- was thinking last night when I went to bed, I was thinking about recording the podcast today, and I, I had that thing that I often have when I'm falling asleep. I see myself speaking or recording a podcast, and I just, I watch, and I think, oh, that's a great point. I'll make that point. I was thinking about, I was going to tell how I first encountered boundaries and why I hated it. I mean, I think our title for this week is Boundaries, Blessing or Abomination. Right? <laughs> is that uh, our title? And it, I think it is. Wow. Like, I wrote it down. Okay. Is that what we're calling it? Let me have a look. Yeah. Oh, no. Boundaries, Brilliant or Abominable. Oh. So I was thinking about the why was it such an abominable topic to me when I first heard it? And I'm kind of stealing from my story. But we need to think a little bit about how we are raised. So bear with me while I do a little bit of childhood development. It's all the psychology. Oh, excellent. Yes. But when you were born, when you're a child, you are utterly helpless. You can't do anything. And you're very small. And you need your mom and your dad to care for you. And that bonding experience, the co-regulation where you're in distress, you need fed, you need change, you need to be put to bed, you need to be cared for. That co-regulation where your parents soothe you. You know, you're crying and somebody comes along and feeds you or talks to you or nurtures you, that is essential, right? And that's a really, really healthy part of growing up. A baby, an infant, is supposed to require co-regulation from their parent. But just take, you know, as you get older and older and older and you reach adulthood, a healthy adult does not need that. Right, you're not doing skin-on-skin cuddles anymore at that point. That's awkward and weird, yeah. (laughs) I don't need you to come wipe my butt. (laughs) Right. Right? Yeah, you've advanced You've differentiated. You you realize, okay, in order to feel safe, I needed this. And now that I'm an adult, I can feel safe being differentiated from other people. Yes. Good. And there's, you know, there's several stages of 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 development where where that process of learning to leave the kind of co-regulated stage and move to I am a differentiated adult and I'm okay that I'm different. Uh, but one of those stages, uh, people talk about the terrible twos, is individuation. Around two years old, the child learns, like I can use the magic word, no. Oh, it's a great word. And depending on what your family environment was like, whether your no was respected or your no was honored, that sets up in motion a bunch of behavior. I remember listening to one, there was an inner healing um, person, and I think it was John Sanford, one of the grandfathers of the inner healing movement. And he was saying that in his experience, uh, people who end up having midlife crises, crises, people who end up having a midlife crisis, Often they found that they weren't allowed to individuate when they were two. Their <gasps> no wasn't answered. And so they put up, put up, put up, put up, blow up. Like, I want to be my own person. So they, you know, right. have an affair or, you know, buy a Harley Davidson or make some irrational decision because they want their freedom. Right. Because freedom is, you know, what we're created for. So I, I don't know why I was thinking about that last night, but I was thinking about that process. And, oh, here's why I was thinking about it. Because we make meaning out of the environment we're raised in. Sure. So whatever we were raised with becomes our norm. So the behavior that we experience, the home life that we have, that is normal. And we assume that everybody's house is like this until we encounter somebody else and be like, wow, your family's so odd. They don't do things. Right. And really we're saying our normals are completely different. Our normals are completely different, but we don't know it yet. Yes. So that normal process going from co-regulation to... um, 
differentiation. Differentiation, you know, and individuating at one point, understanding I'm okay to be my my own person mm-hmm. and I have my own responsibilities, can largely be summarized as I, I remember Chip, who I'm going to talk about in a second, he said a good parent trains their children to no longer need them. So it's, right. it's good parenting. Like as you get older and older and older, your parents teach you about responsibility and hand more and more of it over to you so that as you become an adult, you learn to be an independent, fully functioning adult. doesn't mean you don't need anything. That's not the point. But the point is you learn to identify that I am myself and these are the things I need to take responsibility for. Along the way, however, if there's any trauma, and when we talk about trauma, there's big T trauma, you know, plane crash, bombs, terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. There's also little T trauma which could be a variety of things. The body doesn't really differentiate between big T and small T. Like uh, When we have trauma. So one sort of trauma could be nervous parents have difficulty co-regulating a child. Okay. So the child needs to be cared for. The parent is nervous, you know, frantic. They're not doing it right. The, the limbic resonance between what the mom is feeling and what the baby is feeling, which is not communicated verbally, is picked up by the child and it gets a feeling of like, I'm not okay. That's trauma. I'm not safe. When we are growing up and we have a fear that we could be abandoned or rejected, which is two major roots of of trauma, we begin this new cycle that is almost automatic where we begin to monitor the faces of everybody who's important in our life to make sure that they're okay so I'm okay. Yes. And instead of co-regulation, we end up in codependency. Right. Like... And codependency, I, I heard Stephen James, who's one of the, the, the therapists at Sage Hill, he said this brilliant description of, of codependency, which I love. He said, codependency is saying whatever you have to say or doing whatever you have to do to not be rejected. Wow. So when you're codependent, you can't be your own person because it's scary out there. And I need you to need me so that we're okay. And so I will never feel alone. Right. So I was beginning to think about like, why did I have such a strong reaction to hearing boundaries? And it's because the environment I grew up in, a lot of what was demonstrated to me as care was actually control. Right. If I can control you so that you don't end up in trouble, then I won't have feelings about the trouble you're ending up in. So it's just good if you just do this. And I learned that control feels like care. So I learned that controlling and managing other people is actually a form of love. And it's Christ-likeness. And so here I come and I hear the boundaries teaching, which we haven't even defined yet, but we'll get to. It ran right across that. And I remember thinking, this is the most ungodly teaching I've ever heard of. Well, I think it's not only control or care, but it's also that thing of uh you know, you you become a carpet that everybody can run across. Like everybody else's needs, because I'm a Christian. Everybody yeah. else's needs matter more than my needs, and so because I'm laying down my life. That's for right. Them. And so what we actually become is again codependent uh, with other people's needs and and totally unaware of our own because we're being Christ-like. And it's easier for me to leave my pain that I don't want to. That by the way, I'm not even aware of. Right. It's easier for me to leave my pain and my hurt and focus on yours. And Jesus even teaches about this. Like, you know, you know, why are you concerned about the speck in their eye when you've got a huge log in your own? But we're often not aware of the logs in our own eyes. So let me be a super Christian and fix you, you absolute mess, so I don't have to be present with my own pain. <laughs> and, that, and my absolute mess. <laughs> right. And I, you know, so yeah. how I came across boundaries, 2003, 
I go out to the School of Ministry. I don't know anything that I've just told you. I know nothing because, again, everything is normal to you till you hear somebody else is normal. Right. Which, by the way, do you remember when we went and did the, the, the Inner Healing Week? Yes. I was, just, I was thinking about that. It's such a beautiful picture. So I don't know how much you know of AJ's story, but it would be fair to say that your life has been marked by big T trauma. Sure. Right? Lots of... With some sprinkling of little T trauma. Right. But yeah. majorly, like <laughs> if you were to compare on paper my story and your story, like our upbringing, my upbringing, I had good Christian parents who stayed together, never got divorced, were never addicted to alcohol or drugs. Yes. Uh, didn't come from a broken home. So and, the opposite of my story. And your story there is... You go. Abuse, uh, alcoholism, etc. Drug addicts, suicide, trauma, everything. All the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so we know AJ's obviously the damaged goods, and I'm okay. I just, you know, maybe got a few rough edges. So we go and do this work, this week of inner healing, and it was amazing. And at the end of it, they're doing this debrief. And I remember them, Chester and Betsy, who are just wonderful, delightful, lovely people. They look at me and they're reviewing our week you know, together. And they're like, now, Alan, you know, when we spend this week with you, your life and your story has all the hallmarks of a childhood that's, that's littered with trauma. And I burst out laughing, thinking... You've confused our files. Like, no, I don't have any trauma. Like, I was never abused physically, emotionally, sexually. I had parents that didn't go through divorce. I, what are you talking about? I had a great, like, my story is fine because my story was normal. <laughs> right. And you could see them, like, going, oh, oh, It's going to oh, be dear. a fun week, he's, friends. Yeah, he's, you know, he's not able to hear. And I, yeah. just, I just didn't understand why your big T trauma was not a deal and my little T trauma you know, because, you know, we'd even laugh about it. The stuff that I'd gone through, you'd be like, oh, I mean, not that you were like, you didn't have compassion on me, but it just doesn't seem to compare. And that's one of the dangers we get into comparing our trauma. Right. Yeah. What were we talking about? Trauma. Trauma. Boundaries. 2003. I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything about feelings. <gasps> you know, I don't know anything about boundaries. Yeah. I don't know about leaving yourself. I don't, you know, I don't know anything about inner healing. I turn up. And uh, this guy called Chip Dodd, not Chip Judd, sorry. There's two chips now in our life. Chip, two, two chips that we love very much. Chip Dodd, who wrote the book, The Voice of the Heart, that we did a 10 episode, 12 episode thing. Different man. Different right? man. Brilliant, different yes. man. Chip Judd is a pastor from North Carolina who came to Toronto to the school that I was doing, a bit like our school of supernatural life. And he was doing our Boundaries Week. And everyone was excited. Oh, what do you hear? Boundaries is going to change your life. It's amazing. And I was like, I can't wait. In worship, I'm aware that, oh, that guy must be Chip. I haven't kind of put two and two together. But there's a new person. Yeah. I'm betting it's Chip. But when I see Chip, this thought goes through my head. And the thought that goes through my head is like, I don't know who you are, but I want to be just like you. It's that little thought. Yes. Don't know who you are. But I want to be just like you. He well, he feels safe so and safe. wonderful and solid Kind and, and wise and yeah. humorous yeah. and down to earth. And he is. He's all those things. He's yep. amazing. Not super religious. And yeah. what's interesting about Chip is he is a, he is a counselor by, by training. And so he was for many but, years yes, a pastor yeah. who uh, in the same local church for, I don't know, 20 plus years. But during the week, he did family and um, therapy. He did, you know, he's a counselor, therapist. Yeah. So he's so well versed in this, and he's a pastor. Anyway, he's here to teach us on boundaries, and he starts teaching. And I really like what he's saying. He's funny. He's engaging. He's got great handouts. He can teach. I'm like, oh yeah, I love this guy. It's just amazing. And then he starts introducing this concept of boundaries, 
which in a summary, if you don't know anything about boundaries, boundaries is, this is a really, you know, elevator pitch. Boundaries is the ability to say no and hear no without debilitating fear. Yes. Right? So it's more than that. But he introduced this concept of uh, a hula hoop. Well, it's not a concept. He brought a hula hoop with him and put himself inside the hula hoop mm-hmm. and said, the hula hoop is one of life's greatest filtering systems. And he said, the, the number one thing that God wants you to control is everything inside your hula hoop, namely yourself. Well, this was a shock to me because, like I said, I grew up in an environment where we would control one another. And your responses and reactions and right. feelings. And so our, my whole outlook in life was to make sure that you're okay so I can be okay. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a good Christian. I don't want to hurt your offense. And by the way, I've got Bible verses for this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So my whole job is to live with an outward focus. And you have to perform, so I'm okay. Is everybody okay? And if they're not, what have I done wrong so I can make you feel better? Yeah. And conversely, it's your job to make me feel better. Yes. That's how I lived. What a soup. That was my normal. And along comes Chip saying, actually, no, like, that's not what you were called to do, because actually, you can't control anybody else. I'm like, what? excuse me, I have a PhD in the subtle art of care. You call it control, but I call it care. I'm incensed, because it, what it sounds like he's saying is like, hey, if you'll just take care of what God's asked you to take care of, that yeah. which you're responsible for, life will go a lot better for you. But I'm like, but what about all the people that I can literally see making terrible life choices? They need me to control them. They need me. And let's not use the word control. Care. They need me to care yes, for them. Yes. And if I can limit the choices so that they can make less bad decisions, it's a win for them and a win for me. I'm being a good Christian. Like, I remember one of my earliest childhood traumas was being bullied. Okay. Uh, by a guy called Christopher Bennett, who would chase me home Bennett. from school. And I remember my mom sitting me down when I, you know, I was trying, he chased me all the way home from school. I had to hide in my bin area, the outside bin area, because I was frightened he was going to you know, beat me up. And when my mom got home and I told her what had happened, I remember my mom sitting down and going, well, you know, Christopher's from a broken home. And I remember thinking, he is? Yeah, you know, his mom and dad have gone through a divorce. And poor Christopher, you know, he doesn't have his dad. And so he's probably just lashing out with that. And so, you know, the good Christian response would be to show love to him because the Bible tells you to turn the other cheek. And I'm thinking, that sounds like the what? That sounds so good. And I remember having deep compassion for Christopher. And so, like, my response should be not, not care about him beating me up. He's just misunderstood. No. And he doesn't have a loving father like I have. And so I've got nothing to complain about. Like, now, for those of you who are thinking that's right, no. That's not right. Like one of my favorite moments, by the way, in group therapy. Yeah. Is I don't even know how we started talking about that very story. Christopher Bennett. But they're talking about something like, you know, and they were like, hey, do you know where that started? Do you have a memory that comes with that? And I tell them that story. So I tell that story, albeit in a bit more detail. And at the end of it, the group leader's like, hey, so does anybody have any feedback that they want to share about Alan's story? And the guy sitting next to me blurts out, F Christopher Bennett, but doesn't actually says the F word. And I had never considered that that could be a response. (laughs) This guy was so mad, so mad at my mother talking me out of my need for care. Yeah. And I was like, I'd never even considered that until this, this guy shared that. Anyway, this is like the cross-cultural like chip you know i trusted you but you're a liar and the stuff you're teaching is irresponsible and and i remember saying you make me so mad like you you're making me mad this teaching is making me mad 
And he's like, yeah, I don't have the power to make you mad, which made me even madder. <laughs> what? Like when you just said that, it got me even more mad. And he said, well, if I've got the power to make you mad, then I've got the power to make you glad. So is it my job to keep you happy? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. This feels like a trick question. Uh, I had never considered a paradigm other than it is my job to run around and make sure everybody in my life is okay with me. Yes. Rather than trusting that people are going to be powerful and uh, actually I, ca I can't manage what they're feeling. Now, you know, Chip tempered that and I agree that the, you Yeah, I we can don't want influence. to run around being jerks or anything like that. That's no, not what this teaching is about. Boundaries is not a license to be a jerk. Yes. But Understanding that I can't control you, I understand I can influence you. Like I can, like you mad yet? Are you mad yet? Are you mad yet? Are you, mad? Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I can't make you mad. Uh, like I can help you get there, mm -hmm. but you don't want to do that. You, you know, we don't, <laughs> we don't tend to have. I hated that week. I hated that week of boundaries teaching. I thought it was so irresponsible. I thought, I mean, I was so offended by it, and and worse, I was really offended that Gordon and Kathy would allow this in, and it just didn't seem like it had any value. And what shifted for me was living in a culture where people had healthy boundaries and watching them say no with care, because I think no was such a strong word that you should never say. Like no felt like unchristlike. Right. You know, if you have a need, and I say no then that's unchristlike. Like right. Jesus literally says, you know, carry the, you know, if the centurion asks you, carry it two miles, not one mile. Don't say no. You know, it was just such a foreign concept. And I, I had tremendous fear that the boundary teaching was just about permitting people to be entitled jerks. Right, which it isn't at all. No. But the thing is, if you don't understand boundaries, then people can should on you and you will continue to respond to that to fulfill other people's needs when really the wisest decision for you might have been to say no. Right. Well, if you don't learn to say no, you will never individuate. You'll never be your own person. Right. And that's why that whole thing about boundaries only work when you're full, as in full of, of love, so that you can risk separation. Because, for example, if Chris is like, hey, Alan, I'm moving this weekend. You know, can you help me? If I need Chris to like me, I can't say no to Chris. Right. So Chris saying, hey, can you help me move? Even though I want to say no, or even if I can't, I'm worried that my can't will hurt him and maybe he'll leave me and separate from me. Right. So I end up saying yes and then resenting Chris for making me move. Right. I'm resenting Chris for him being powerful enough to ask me to meet a need. But because I'm... And then Not if, powerful enough to say no. If you think about that, yeah. the only way your schedule is ever free is if people haven't asked you if you can do something. Right. So then you start living in a place where you start avoiding people in case they ask something of you. And right. people can feel that. Or you're living just, like a martyr. Living like a martyr, thinking, what's wrong with you people? Yes. Why won't anybody help? Yes. And that was me. You know, that's why I had my breakdown when I was 21. Like, it was literally my job to to be Jesus to everyone I meet. To say yes to everything. Oh, yeah. I have no limitations. Are you kidding me? Because yes. Praise God. You know, in, his, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Yes. Right? And so, you know, the, the worse I am, like that, you know, the stronger God's glory is. And it's like, no! Yes. I, it, you actually, when you were, I can't remember what part of what you were just sharing, uh, reminded me of that story that I remember uh, on one of the leader schools in Toronto, you and I were serving as small group leaders, and uh, Kathy had told us a story about a Wednesday night meeting or something, and yeah. one of the leaders had, you know, come up and said, hey, are you you know, are you coming, are you guys coming to the meeting tonight? And they said, no, we're going to stay home with our kids. And they're like, oh, well, if there's a meeting on, they you, said shame on you, you they, you, sh oh, that's right. Shame on you. You like, should no, bring your you. kids. You can have your shame back. Yeah. I, I don't want your shame. Yeah. 
Yeah, you should, you, you should, should you if should, the church is open, you should be at the meeting. Yeah. And, and so her response was like, actually, you can keep your shame and, and don't shit on me. I'm actually going to value time with my kids. You know, I'm yeah. going to, sp- I'm going to spend time as I feel like I'm supposed to spend it. But there's Kathy recognizing the hula hoop, you know, inside the hula hoop is my time and my kids. Yeah. And this person is going, no, let me manage actually, your hula hoop for you. Right. And your opinion is not inside of my hula hoop. Actually, your freedom is threatening my control. Ooh. Like, what does it say about me if you, the leader of the school, yeah. gets to make a decision I wish I could make? Right. But for whatever reason, can Right. What about, like, your experience of boundaries? Because one of the things that really attracted me to you, is that the right way of saying it? Me well, to I you. hope yes. so. I was yes. attracted to you, <laughs> was because of your powerfulness. Like, you were one of the most powerful people I'd ever met in terms of your, like, knowing who you are. Yeah. Uh, knowing whose you are, yeah, and the way you lived your life was incredibly powerful. I was so attracted to the the freedom with which you operate, not the carelessness, not that you didn't care about what people thought, because that that wasn't that. That's yeah. you know a counterfeit, but you had this peace about who you are and what you're called to, and you could say no. And how like where did you understand boundaries? Where did you learn boundaries? What's your history with? Well, that? it's funny. I don't know. Uh, I, I know where I didn't learn it. I didn't learn it at home. Uh, right. And I can talk about that in a minute. Uh, but for me, I think the more inner healing I got, um, the more I understood my identity as a daughter, how loved I am, the more I was able to say no and still feel loved and still feel fine. And, and still feel that the Holy Spirit's still on good speaking terms with you? Yes. And again, I'm living in this community where this is our norm, that it's fine to say no and it's fine to say yes, but it's, you know, there's not, there isn't that shooting on one another and whatnot. And so I would say I did fairly well with boundaries with, you know, uh, church things and friend things and, and all of that kind of stuff, but still pretty terrible with boundaries within my immediate family. And again, a lot of that's going to go back to most of my family then and even now I have an enormous amount of trauma going on and I had always been told as a as a teenager I mean my mom used to say oh yeah you're seven going on 21 like I was never a kid I was never allowed to be a kid but I also was told my role is family glue make everybody feel better you keep the family fix together it. fix it um yeah and I was the only sibling that really I didn't have ongoing fights with the other siblings if that makes sense like I got along with all three of the of the others and so you learned peacekeeping real quick oh yeah and so but but that also meant like even you know here we are in the midst of a revival and and I'm traveling and I'm doing all this stuff but I'm also getting phone calls from my mother saying your brother just got here. He's stoned. He said he's going to kill himself. This is where he said he went. And I would drive across the city and try and find my brother, you know, and, and because Enormous that, was, of pressure. that was my role. You know, I'm 20 years old and I need to stop my brother from killing himself. You know, I need to, I need to fix this rift between, you know, my brother and my sister are my, you know. And you'd be pulled in a triangling all the time. Yes. So one oh, family would be like, still, hey, so-and-so I mean, is mad at so-and-so. Can yeah. you go speak to them? Can so you go fix it? And you're like, what? Like, what is that about? Yeah. But again, normal. Yes. It was my normal. It's so normal till you hear a different way of living that's available. Right. And so you, you know, you heard the boundaries teaching, hated the boundaries hated teaching. It. 
then took it on board and started because living it. Because it was modeled beautifully to me in the environment I lived in. Yes. And I began to watch people care for one another through boundaries. But you almost developed an aggressive no for a while as you're learning uh, and I think your I, no. Yes, I think I ha- I don't want to justify that, but yes, I did. And I think part of what happened was the pendulum was so swung over here. Yes. That in order to, for me to get my no back, I couldn't, It I, I didn't have the vocabulary to say, oh, no, thank you. It had to be no. <laughs> you know? Yes. And then be terrified, you know, and then watch that, oh, people didn't abandon me or leave me when I said no. Yes. And I'm so grateful to live in a culture where people were like, look at you. You're trying out your new boundaries thing. That's good. You know, it wasn't yeah. shaming. It was like, good for you. Like, yeah. we know where you stand. So, so if we come back to me and my family, I would say I don't think I was aware of how little boundaries I had or how much control was in operation inside of my family unit. Uh, I mean, I knew there was tons of dysfunction, but specifically that whole uh, how much I needed to fix everything for everyone mm-hmm. um, until we got married. And I, one of my memories, I mean, I probably have several, but there was uh, certainly when we had kids, we had to put down really intense boundaries and hold to those boundaries and they eventually got used to it and you know, whatever. Um, but I remember in our first year of marriage, my mom had called and it was like, I, I want to say one or two in the morning. It was really, it was a really weird time. And, uh, she called me and said, Hey, you, you, this sibling is stuck at this parking lot, doesn't have the money to pay to get their car out of the parking lot. And, so can you go and get money out of your bank and drive up there and pay for their parking so that they can get out of the parking lot? And and I was like, yeah, I guess I can, you know, because that's, you know, I didn't even think you about it. You didn't even sigh. There was, there was no like. You're like, oh, this is what I need to do. Yeah, because this is what you do. And I was like, wait, you, where, where are we you going? You solve what everybody you else's problems. Yeah, and you were like, babe, you're not going. It's a 45-minute drive there. It's They can actually hop on a bus or they could call someone or get a cab to their home or like, walk to an or ATM, walk to and an take ATM money or you know they're they're at, I mean we're not talking about kids here we're talking about 40 year old adults who could actually solve this on their own but typically my mom would phone and I would go and sort it out and rescue rescue and so you train people this is how you can treat me yes this will be my role so I had no no right I didn't even know to say no I remember you being panicked that you were going to be late for the sibling. Yeah, and when you're talking to me, I'm now getting mad at you. How can you be... How can you be... This is my job. Well, your eyes are darting everywhere. Like The whole time we're talking is the last time I can be going. Uh, I could be there back by now. These poor people are stuck. And I'm like, let's back this up. They willingly chose to park in a parking lot knowing they had no money to get out. Knowing they could call you to come and sort it out. This is called a consequence. Yeah. You know... Like and yes. like you said, you know, this is a grown adult who has made this choice more than once. Yes. Why don't you? Yeah. Th- choose Let a, them know, roll with their own. I was speechless. Yeah. And so I, I ended up phoning my mom back and saying, "I'm not going." That's insane. Yeah. And I mean, she wasn't happy about that, and I'm, well, you know, everybody wasn't happy. No, everybody. Because was... you've changed the norm. Yes. That to everybody else seems normal, but when once you get an outside perspective, yeah, it's like. It's, it's it, it was bizarre. So, I mean, I would say, you know, we, we had Abby pr- pretty fast also when we got married. So we ended up having to establish a whole nother set of boundaries that this, this is our baby this that we're going we're to raise, raise the, the way the Holy yeah. Spirit's told us to raise her. And, 
you know, all those kind of like I would say we spent years laying a foundation of boundaries mm-hmm. and and having to hold them. At times they held okay, and then at other times we had to sort of rebuild those boundaries and and re-establish things. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking, like you know, if you don't have a framework, like going back to that childhood development, if you don't have a bucket to to put somebody's no into, yes. Like if your only bucket for a no is you're abandoning me and you're rejecting Rejection, me, yeah. then boundaries are just this horrible, abominable topic. Yes. But if you understand that, oh, like you're you can say no and I can say no and that's okay and we still be okay, then then it gives life. I I now I'm going to tell you a story, but I I texted with Lyle. So Lyle Phillips, one of our dear friends, who's a pastor in our church at, in our city, I beg your pardon, in Nashville. Amazing, amazing uh, young man. Amazing. I call him young man. Well, he's younger than us. He's younger than us. Yes. He's amazing. A great leader. And so I, I texted him and said, hey, Lyle, I'm, I'm teaching on boundaries this afternoon. We're going to do a you know, podcast on boundaries. Are you okay if I tell the story? And he's like, absolutely. Here's, this is such a simple example of misunderstanding because you don't have boundaries or don't okay. understand boundaries yes. and, uh, by his own admission. So we first met Lyle. When Heidi Baker came to Grace Center, he came as one of Heidi's, you know, prayer people. As first, Heidi's first time, not Heidi's first time, I beg your pardon. It was Lyle's first time with Heidi. So Heidi comes and, and Lyle meets me and you and he says, oh, I'm so glad to meet you. When I was out in Pemba, when I was doing the school, somebody handed me a Walkman, not a Walkman, an iPod with the Father Heart series. And it was you teaching. And so I'm so glad to put a name to a face. And we were like, oh, it's so you know good to see you. Where do you live? And he didn't yet live in Nashville. I said, hey, he said, I'm thinking of moving here. I said, oh, when you move here, you know, hook us up. You know, we'd love, we'd love to meet you. You know, look us up when you get here. Yeah. So he does, a couple of months later, comes to Emanate. And after the service, he comes up and reintroduces himself. And, uh, you know, and he was like, hey, you know, I've moved to town and, you know, you know, I'd love to get to coffee with you. And I was like, great, you know, here's my assistant's email address. Would you email my assistant and we'll make it happen? Mm-hmm. Now, I only know this story years later when Lyle and I became good friends. Yes. And he confided in me. But that interaction with him was so hurtful. Wow. And I was like, talk to me about why that was so hurtful. Because from my perspective, I'm like... Uh, here's somebody who wants to get together. I would love to get together with you, which is why I said email my assistant. Like, this if is I, who makes that happen for me. Right, and yes. I know me. I've just finished speaking. I know I'm an influencer. I'd be like, yeah, I'd love to connect with you. And I will then forget. It's like when you get a text message and you read it and you're like, oh, I should reply to that person. And then three days later, because there isn't a little red dot saying you have a new message. It happens to me all the time still. You forget that you said. And I, yeah. so because I know that's my brain, that's why I have an assistant. One of the reasons. And so I said, email my assistant. And so my assistant will put it into the queue and she'll get scheduled. Anyway, Lyle doesn't do that because Lyle heard me say, yeah, whatever, email my assistant. I've got no interest in being with you. Even though my words were, yes, I'd love to get with you. You know, let my assistant know. But he had a normal that this is what pastors do when they want to get rid of you. Whereas my normal is if I don't want to have dinner with you, I'll say, I don't want to have dinner with you. Yes. Like, I'm very, very direct about what I will and won't do, and I don't hint, and I don't drop, you know, stuff. I'll just speak it out loud. Yes. So I'm waiting on Lyle's email, and I'm thinking, well, I guess he didn't email. I guess he didn't want to hang out. Right. I mean, I don't even remember thinking that, to be honest. I just got on with the rest of my life. But he said, I just went away in a funk thinking, you know, Alan and AJ, they're all like, they appear friendly, but they didn't even want to meet. And, you know. and so Aww. I don't know this, but he's all hurt. That makes me sad. I have no clue. But he calls Gary Morgan. Yeah. Who knows us? And yeah. it's like, and Gary's like, hey, have you connected with the Joneses yet? And he's like, well, no, they kind of blew us off. Gary's like, that doesn't, 
doesn't sound like the Joneses. Like, what happened? So Lyle tells a story, and Gary starts laughing, going, no! Like, if they said they want to get with you, they want to get with you. Email their assistant. And yeah. so he emails the assistant. We connect, and years later, we're really good friends. And we laugh about that. I would never have known that my clear communication meant something to him because we all speak in codes and riddles. Yes. You know, Lyle's norm was that pastors, you know, will... Right. You know, he doesn't mean it. Whereas my norm was, I mean what I say and I say what I mean. And I'm trusting you to say what you mean. And you said you would email me. Well, I think often, even if we've grown up in families with really clear communication and, and maybe even healthy boundaries... Uh, many of us have learned our really horrible boundaries at church under the guise of being spiritual, you know. And really? I think so. I think we've uh, we've learned, um, you know, just basically that whole thing of like, well, you're supposed to lay down your life for one another. I mean, you're supposed to become a doormat for everybody else. You're, you know, you, you should never say no. You should always say yes to everything. And, you know. Yeah. And then you have a whole bunch of bitter people serving in places that they shouldn't probably be in the first place because they didn't know that they had a no to give. People feeling like they should do something. Yes. And your should is just a is a oh, gnawing death knell. Yeah. Like whenever you feel like you should, whenever you feel like you should do something, your language indicates that the power is elsewhere than in your hula hoop. Yeah. Like I should wear a tie means I should wear a tie for my boss or I should wear a tie to keep my mom happy or I should go home for Thanksgiving. And you, that that should is not in your hula hoop. You know, if you've never heard about boundaries before, I'm not sure this is the best introduction to boundaries at all. We have talked about boundaries before on the podcast. And, yes. Uh, I forget what episode that is, but if you look in the show notes, I'll tell you what episode it is. I'll link to us talking about it before. Right, but the other option is you're about to do... Well, uh, yes, yes, uh, I have. Oh, that's the other thing. Thank you. Yes, I have just built something called the Boundary Course. It's a course that you can work through at your own schedule. It assumes that you know nothing about boundaries and starts from the very foundations of how relationships are built, how relationships are designed in Scripture, and will take you through, I think there's like eight different lessons, all in bite-sized, easy-to-digest video material where you just watch at your own pace. I've got questions in there to help you process that. And, uh, you know, we're launching that. But the, the thing I'm most excited about is we're about to do something, or I'm about to do something, called the Boundary Summer School. It's built around the course that I've just created. But the Boundary Summer School is me guiding you through the whole process. Mm -hmm. Registration for the summer school opens today, the day oh, that this gets released, yeah. May 10th. Uh, and it closes Wednesday, May 19th. So you only have, what's that, nine, nine days, days yeah. or 10 days, I guess, to, to register. It closes Wednesday, May 19th at midnight, our time. And if you sign up for the Boundaries Summer School, not only do you get everything in the Boundaries course, but you'll also get me each week meeting with you in a live group call to help answer your questions, but I also help you process how does what you just learned on the Boundaries course apply to your specific life. In addition to that, you're going to have this private forum where everybody else is doing the Boundary School. You can you know, write questions, you can share your story, you can learn from other people doing the summer school. And also you'll get weekly emails while you're on the summer school to help you stay engaged, to help you process what's going on. It is a five-week school. Yeah. And it only requires two hours a week, one hour for you to watch the material on the Boundaries course that I've pre-recorded, and one hour for you to meet with me on Sundays over Zoom as we process that week together. So, so two hours a week for five weeks, 
for a glorious transformation. Right. You said, though, if you're new to this whole boundaries teaching or you haven't heard it before, yeah. I have this course. And I would say the course is useful even if you have heard it. Be- like Absolutely. So I, I do think you need to hear something multiple times before you, you get so it. So true. And with this kind of stuff, because you're not trying to just get it but actually live it. Well, that's the you thing know, I'm, I'm most you passionate about. Marinate in that stuff, yeah. And and I think the advantage is being able to actually ask you questions uh, about, but but what about this? But what about that? Is is super helpful, and it's not an opportunity we often get when we listen to teaching. Right. So if you, uh, in, in fact, I had um, I'm I'm working with a, a marketing consultant, just talking about like, hey, you know, how do I communicate this? How do I help? And they had done, they'd heard my boundaries teaching, so they'd done the, the you know. Done some of the boundary stuff. Some of the stuff that I'm going to teach you on this. If you've done SOSL, uh, if you've heard me speak at Emanate, you will have heard some of the stuff. There's brand new material in yes. there too. Yeah. Uh, but they were listening to it and they were saying, "Oh my gosh, I forgot how much I need this." Even though I've heard this before, I'm listening to it again and it's it's ringing my bell. I absolutely need to put this into practice because there's a big difference between listening to understand and listening to apply. Yes. And the whole emphasis of the Boundary Summer School is to get you ready for a summer of freedom. So if you're feeling trapped in your relationships. For example, do you ever feel like you've got relationships where you don't feel like yourself when you're in them? Yes. Where you feel like you have to dumb yourself down in order to be with this person because perhaps you're too big for that person. Or perhaps you, oh, maybe I'm too intimidating for that person. And so you, you suppress yourself for the sake of the relationship. That's toxic. Like that is not healthy. That is unkind to you and unkind to them. We get into all that sort of stuff. We talk, explain fully about the the you know the hula hoops. We answer the most common questions about that. We talk about a dynamic that shows up in family relationships, like you talked about it at all. Uh, you know the, the whole dynamic that you were going in. But the thing is, it's not just theory. It is me helping you walk through and apply the boundaries teaching to your life. And I'm really, really excited about it, yeah. if you can't tell. like yeah. I love to teach. I love to spend time teaching. And I love to watch transformation happen for people. So if you would like to join me for the Boundary Summer School, it lasts five weeks. Register today because you know what? Life happens. You, it's like those text messages where you're like, oh, yeah, I'll totally do that. And then you'll forget. And because I am a boundaries person, once that deadline hits on Wednesday 19th at midnight, I will not be opening up again because I want he to is provide a boundaries person. Yeah. an excellent experience for everyone who does the Boundary yeah. Summer School. So on, on last week's recording when we said, hey, we have a surprise next week, that is the surprise. The surprise is... Not only is the Boundaries course created, but the Boundaries Summer School is released. I'd love you to be on it. Yes. If you've been listening to us and think, I would love more access. I would love a guide to help me through stuff. I don't just want to be thrown into it and listen to it and hope it makes sense to me, but I would love somebody to help me go through this, then I would love to do that. The school is going to run in May and in June, like five weeks long. And I am really looking forward to it. We did something similar last year for the the With finding the father, father heart. the yeah. father heart summer school. Yeah, this uh, this year we're going to do boundaries. So, if you want to learn more about it, if you go to alanandaj.com slash boundaries, you will learn all about what's in the course. And there's a link on there that talks about the summer school. Uh, go to the show notes. I'll put a link to both the Boundaries course and to the Boundaries Summer School uh, so that you can register. I'd love to have you with me. It would be my joy to get you ready for a summer filled with relationship freedom. All right. 
Well, for now, if you want the show notes for this show. Oh, 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 oh come oh, on. Oh, Are oh. we not? Are we, oh, you Easy. have repent, repentance to do, don't you? Y- you do. You Because earlier in the recording, yeah. we had a little break in the middle. And earlier in the recording, uh, I had said it's a song, the fish song, uh, and that Katy Perry sings it. And you went, it's not Katy Perry. <laughs> So, what would you like to say, darling? What I wanted to say is, I have a great I, listener's I question for you. I want this recorded, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, I was totally wrong. It is Katy Perry. Say it one Perry. more time. I was totally wrong. Just, just that clip, because I want a ringtone. I want it. <laughs> I was wrong, and you were right. Thank you, darling. It was Katy Perry. It was on a Pharrell track. Okay, but she's singing. Yeah, no, yes. no, you were absolutely right, and I was absolutely wrong. Okay, good. What I'm looking for is the listener's question. Okay. This week. Oh. This is a listener's question. It is an anonymous question. Yes. And the question is, something I'm curious to hear your perspective about is women in church leadership. I personally have a lot of respect for and have experienced incredible fruit from women in leadership, especially in tandem with male leaders. However, I sometimes struggle to reconcile this with New Testament verses like 1 Timothy 2.12 and 1 Corinthians 14.34. Do you think these instructions were intended for the culture at the time they were written and no longer apply? Does this seem to be Paul's opinion versus a command from God? Or is there another piece I am missing? And for the record, I'm genuinely curious and open-minded about this. Yes. Go. Well, I don't want to answer that other than to say you're a uh, woman in church I'm leadership. A church, I'm a woman in church leadership, and I feel good about it. No, I do. Uh, but you actually do a whole teaching on women in ministry. I do. I I felt positive that we had done a podcast episode on women in ministry, and we have not. <gasps> what we have done is we've had this question answered before, or sorry, asked before. And I did what I'm about to do now and say that we have talked about it. And actually, the person who asked this question has done SOSL. But what I want to say is we do a whole week in SOSL year two where we talk about this specific topic and actually discuss those verses. Here's why I'm not able to answer that question right now. I am able to answer that question and have done so at length. But it requires about an hour of systematic teaching, uh, which I'm happy to do. But here's what I'm going to do just now. I'm going to do two things. One, if you go to the show notes of this week's episode, I'm going to put a link to me teaching an hour answer to that question. And I'm going to put a book, a link to a book that has been so helpful. It's called Why Not Women? And I'll put a link to it in the show notes where you can pick up. But um, yes, your question is beautiful. Yes, we believe in women in ministry. If we didn't, that would be kind of awkward um, for you. When you say, is there another piece I'm missing? There is another piece I'm missing. And I, don't, I don't say that in, in, a, in a shameful way at all. It is a deeply complex topic where brilliant minds, far brilliant minds than me, have debated this endlessly. Um, and we have talked about it and can answer the 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 seeming opposition that that Paul's writing in 1 Timothy and uh, 1 Corinthians answers. So if you are doing year two, you will answer that. If you're not, go read that book, Why Not Women, or watch that um, our teaching where I talk about women in ministry. Yeah, perfect. If you've got a question that you want us to ask, answer, or at least partially answer and direct you to other resources <laughs> where you can get an answer, go to alanandaj.com slash ask and fill it in. Now, AJ Jones, if they want show notes, where do they go? If you want the show notes, go to alanandaj.com slash 236. Boom. And just like that, we will be back next week. Peace, friends. We're out. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts.